Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Death Becomes Her. I'm your host, Layla Kelly, and today we are diving deep into the fascinating phenomenon known as rigor mortis. Have you ever wondered what happens to the body after death? Well, today we'll explore the science behind rigor mortis, how funeral homes handle this natural process, and we'll also take a look at how rigor mortis impacts home funeral. So let's unravel the mysteries of rigor mortis. And a quick note, today's episode is all about dead bodies. If that is not a topic that you're comfortable with, you may just want to skip this episode. Welcome to Death Becomes Her, the podcast where we discuss death, dying, and grief from a variety of angles. I'm your host, Lyella Kelly. Rigor mortis is Latin for stiffness of death. It is a post-mortem phenomenon that affects the muscles of a deceased individual. It occurs due to a series of complex biological processes that begin shortly after death. So what exactly causes rigor mortis? Let's go back to high school biology class for a moment. And I can tell you, Mr. Striebel is just going to be so proud of me for this. At a cellular level, our muscles rely on a molecule called adenosine triphosphate, or for short, ATP. ATP is the main source of energy for most cellular processes, including the processes involved in muscle contraction and relaxation. When the heart stops beating, the supply of oxygen and nutrients ceases, and ATP production, it halts. Without ATP, the muscle fibers become unable to relax, which leads to the stiffening of the muscles that characterizes rigor mortis. So what kind of a timeline are we looking at here? If you are with somebody who dies, will that body promptly start to stiffen? No. Immediately after death, all of the muscles in the body will actually do the opposite. They're going to relax. Starting at around two hours after death, rigor may begin to manifest in the smaller muscles of the face. That's the place where you're likely going to see it first. The larger muscle groups, they're also going to stiffen over the course of the next couple hours, but mostly it's going to start in those smaller muscle groups. However, these time frames that I mentioned, they're relative, and there's a number of reasons for that. Rigor mortis is the result of a chemical reaction, and the kinetics of the reaction, or the rate at which the reaction occurs, can be affected by a variety of factors, as with any other chemical reaction. So factors such as ambient temperature, illness, age, body fat, was the body engaging in exertion prior to death, all of those things can influence the onset and duration of rigor mortis. In colder temperatures, the process may be delayed, and in warmer temperatures, it might be sped up. But even considering all of that, here is the rough timeline. If the body feels warm and no rigor is present, death occurred under three hours before. If the body feels warm and stiff, death occurred in the three to eight hour range. If the body feels cold and stiff, eight to 36 hours. And if the body is cold and not stiff, 
death likely occurred more than 36 hours earlier. The maximum stiffness is generally reached around 12 to 24 hours post-mortem. If you followed those numbers closely, you can see that the ranges are really quite broad, and those time frames can vary by as much as 24 hours, depending on both the environment and, like we mentioned, different elements with the body. And here is a little side note for all of you CSI enthusiasts. Due to all of those possible variants, as well as that large span that we talked to in the time frame, rigor mortis isn't a great way to pinpoint death with accuracy. It can be used to estimate time of death, but it's not going to give you pinpoint accuracy. One last note on the science part. Generally speaking, rigor mortis will completely subside between 24 to 48 hours after death. So let's explore how funeral homes and other post-death professionals handle the presence of rigor mortis because with that 24 to 48 hour window, it's really likely that they are going to be dealing with a body during that period of time. The funeral home isn't going to be able to put everything on hold just because this natural process is occurring. Well, funeral directors, they are well-versed in managing this post-mortem phenomena, and so they are going to be able to ensure that the deceased look peaceful and dignified. But how are they going to do that? One thing that funeral directors know is rigor can be mitigated. So if needed, a bit of post-mortem massage that can be performed manually manipulating the limbs and the joints, flexing and extending, that will loosen them up. So at first, the body will want to keep going back to that original position that it was in. But with enough articulation and massaging, the body can be successfully repositioned. This process is called breaking rigor, and it may be a necessity. For example, let's say that a person died while in a seated position, and the funeral home isn't available to pick them up for a number of hours, and the body is now completely stiff. In that case, the funeral home workers are going to need to break rigor in order to get the body into a position that is appropriate, that's dignified, and conducive to transport. So there's a very practical value to that breaking rigor. In further illustration, I'm going to share something that I read. It was written by a medical legal death investigator. Her name is Zoe Ann Barcelos. I feel like her story not only explains the reality of working with rigor mortis, but also highlights a bit of the humor that is needed when you work with the dead. This is what Zoe Ann had to say. I had a frail little old lady who had died face down with her arm extended over her head. I needed to move it down to her side to get her into the body bag. I was standing beside her and I moved her hand down to her hip area. When it slipped out of my grasp, it flew back up above her head, striking me on the side of the head as it went by. Of course, there were several police officers there to witness my assault. There was a moment of stunned silence and then we all started laughing. I did manage to subdue my assailant and get her in the body bag after a few more very careful manipulations of her shoulder joint. As you can see from Zoe Ann's experience, understanding that science behind rigor mortis helps death professionals to care for the deceased 
in a compassionate, respectful way, even when things do not go completely as expected. Let's move on to a different situation. Let's talk about lay people who are dealing with rigor mortis. In this case, we're talking about the non-death professionals. So what if you are planning a home funeral? A funeral where you are going to be acting as the funeral director. This may be a new idea to you, but many families are making this choice for a variety of reasons. Some want to care for their loved ones until the very end. They're choosing to handle the hands-on after death care themselves, and they're not hiring a funeral industry professional to help with that. If that is your plan, and it is a 100% valid option that you can choose, and an option that I am so on board with, you are going to need some education. Not only an understanding of your state-specific requirements around a home funeral, but also a working understanding of natural processes like rigor mortis. This is where an after-death care educator can come in really handy. After-death care education is something that I provide for families, so I'm going to walk you through some of the things that I teach people to do for their loved ones. This is what happens. The last breath occurs and a medical professional is called in to pronounce the death. After that, there is no rush. Death is not an emergency. Everybody can just take a breath. Soon, the family will want to wash the body. And ideally, a massage table or a similar surface is available and the body can be moved from wherever it was resting and placed on the massage table. This is just for ease. At this point, the body is likely to be relaxed. But as we learned earlier, the production of ATP has stopped and soon noticeable changes are going to begin to occur. For this reason, I teach families to wash and care for the facial features first. Remember, rigor starts in the smaller muscles, so we need to address those first. The main concerns are that the eyes and the mouth are closed. Let's start at the top with the eyelids. One method to address the eyelids is to place a moldable weight over the eyes. Small bags of rice work great for this. So you put a little rice in like a little snack bag, that weight of the rice over the closed eyelid will help hold it in place. And then you can put a folded washcloth or an eye mask, whatever, whatever you see fit to use. Moving down to the mouth and the jaw, there are a couple of methods for closing the jaw. The first one, you may be able to just place a rolled towel under the chin, pushing the mouth into a closed position. I have not had great success with that one, so I prefer a different method. A thin scarf, a ribbon, um, an ace bandage, all of these can be used. They can be placed under the jaw to support it in a closed position. And then you pull the sides, of whatever you're using, up to the top of the head and you tie them in place. And this is going to keep that mouth closed. It's going to keep the jaw closed where you want it to be. When rigor does take hold, the eyelids and the jaw are then going to stay in place without any further assistance. I am going to add one more little tip and trick to this. And I know that this one just sounds so very weird. Sometimes the eyelids, they slip up a bit and a partially closed eye is a really disconcerting look. 
In a funeral home, they have these little eye caps that are kind of like a prickly contact lens. And so they would pull the eyelid open. They would put this little cap over the eye. They pull the lid back down and that little prickly lens is going to keep the eyelid in place. Home funeral families, of course, they don't have these cotton balls. That's the answer. If you pull a cotton ball apart and separate a small piece of the cotton, you can then basically do the same thing. You lift the eyelid up, place a little bit of cotton underneath, pat the eyelid into place, and that dry cotton will create enough friction to keep the eyelid in a closed position. It works like a charm. Once those facial features have been set, and that's what it's called when you get them into place, the features have been set, the rest of the body can be washed and the limbs should then be positioned. Ideally, positioned so that it's going to be possible to dress the body. As you can imagine, once rigor has set in and a body has become really stiff, dressing that body can be very, very challenging. For example, if you decided that you are a big fan of that classic Hollywood coffin look and you want it to fold the arms across the heart and have the hands up at the shoulders, dressing that person is going to be nearly impossible. You would have to deal with breaking rigor in order to get them dressed. So my advice, just maintain a natural resting position and everything's going to be fine. All right, that was a lot of information about bodies. I really hope that you enjoyed this little exploration of the world of rigor mortis. I know for me, it's a fascinating topic, but I also recognize that it's not for everybody. But here's the thing. It is a natural process that accompanies death, and it does reveal the amazing inner workings of our bodies. And it can be a little bit unsettling to consider, but when we understand the science behind it, it can really help us to gracefully navigate this delicate little period after last breath. And it helps us to care for our loved ones with respect and with the love that they deserve. If you're interested in learning more about home funeral and the different options that families have, visit the National Home Funeral Alliance at homefuneralalliance.org. There you will find resources, state requirements, educators. There is a lot of information there. Or if you have questions, you can always reach out to me, www.leavingwellmt.com. Thank you for listening to the Death Becomes Her minicast. Connect with me, Lyella Kelly, at www.leavingwellmt.com. Special thanks to Roman Belov for our intro and outro music. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, talking about death won't kill you. I promise.